Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, we welcome you in another edition of our Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Matt Steinmetz. And, and Steiny, we're a little over a week into the NBA season now. We uh, dropped our first podcast on opening night, and uh, the Warriors now 3-2. and two, been, been some ups and some downs. They've taken advantage of some, some lesser opponents. They, they've lost to some good teams. Uh, but I think the overarching theme is – this team's a work in progress right now on the defensive side of the ball. What what have you seen just kind of generally from these first five games? Well, I think defense is their big problem right now, but I don't think it's a big deal. And the reason I don't think it's a big deal is because this season is just so long. And you look at the last two years, J.D., last year they clearly came out of the shoot ready to go. They started 18-2. and two. They they were a team that knew they were getting Clay back. They knew they had had an unsuccessful season before. So their fast start was understandable. This year they play till June. They win another title. The more I think about it, the more it's completely understandable if they don't get off to a great start this year because Curry and Clay and Draymond and Looney know how long a season is. And the reality is this is now one of those teams where I'm not sure much matters till January-ish just because they know not to overemphasize these games. It's not that they're taking them lightly, but it's just that they're using them as a foundation to build something for later. Yeah, and I think the question does become how much of it is you know, trying to integrate either players that weren't on the team before – or players that weren't playing on the team before that, that are trying to get into the mix. Like how much of it is that and the system and guys trying to figure it out versus just in some ways effort of like you're saying, it's, it's a long season and the defense doesn't have to be right on October 28th. So it's not right on October 28th, but there's still seemingly a, a confidence level that they can flip the switch or turn it on when, when they need to, but when they need to is still a very long ways away. And this is one of the things that I think has been a theme this season, JD. And I think it's going to be a theme all season. And I'll, I'll, I got to give credit to Tim Kawakami of the athletic because he was asking these questions uh, right after the Draymond Draymond incident, that the, 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 uh, the generational issue with the warriors. And so here's what I think that how that can manifest itself. You have four or five champions playing right now, starting their season, and they're probably not in championship form. They're, they're, they're not going to be playing championship defense. We get that. That doesn't work for Wiseman. That doesn't work for Kaminga. 
that doesn't even work for Poole or Moody at this point. So, like, they might be – the young players might be watching the veterans coast a little bit. Right. But they can't – they got no complaint about it. Um, like, they can't have a complaint about it. The bottom line is I think Steve Kerr is holding the younger players to a higher standard than the older players right now. And the goal, I think, J.D., obviously, is to get them ready to, to be productive in the postseason. No, it, it is, and I, I think I think that's a great point. It, it's the fact that that the younger players see the older players coasting and and think, well, wait a minute, is is this acceptable? And I, I think at times we've seen, I think Kaminga's kind of coasted. And, and look, Jonathan Kaminga was one of the players I wanted to talk about on the podcast. It wasn't up near the top of the list because I, I think if you've watched the first five games, you should have a pretty good understanding of, of why he isn't playing. But this is another example of anytime Kaminga has been granted an opportunity that that he's earned. I don't want to say he hasn't earned these opportunities. And Steve Kerr really went out of his way to praise Kaminga's offseason and training camp. Although I think if you watched him in the summer league and you, you heard some of the reports, like the one from Stephen A. Smith, it, it's pretty clear that Kaminga hasn't necessarily conducted himself or gone about his business in, in the right manner. But bringing it back to the, the first couple of games here, Steve Kerr penciled in Jonathan Kaminga to be in the Warriors rotation at the start of the year, and he's penciled Jonathan Kaminga into the rotation before, and every time he does, I feel like it doesn't last two games before he plays so poorly or just in a manner in which Kerr rips him out of there and basically says, you're not playing anymore. And, and now here we are three games later and five games in, and it culminates in did not play coach's decision against a, a good heat team in a game that the Warriors felt like they needed to win before a long road trip. And then everybody's asking why after the game. And I'm, I'm trying to like, are you not watching the games where he has gotten opportunities? It's a little bit frustrating that there's such a fixation on Jonathan Kaminga. He's a young player, makes a lot of mistakes and clearly is not in tune with the coaching staff and what they want him to be doing when he does get opportunities to be on the floor. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Brandon Ayuk last year with Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, it's, it's to me, it's just kind of interesting because you've got to, you've got to make, you've got to get these guys to be professional and, I'm not saying Ayuk isn't, but last year I remember talking to Guru on our show a lot, and he'd be like, Sadie, what do you think's going on with Ayuk? What do you think's going on with Ayuk? And I said, Well, I know what's going on with Ayuk. It's he's either not, well, you know, it's one of it's gonna be one of five or six things. He's not working hard. Um, maybe there's there's he's not in great shape. Maybe his route running's not – maybe he's not blocking like Kyle Shanahan wants because Shanahan likes his wide receivers. But, it, but it's one of those things. You know what I mean? And and you're right. There's no mystery with Kaminga. He doesn't rebound enough for him. Doesn't defend enough for him. Has to become more than just a one-dimensional offensive player. It's – it's there's no malice here. He's no. He's young. It's right. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Do they want to win a championship? But this is kind of the thing. I was thinking about this real quick. Obviously, we, we know that if Jonathan Kaminga was drafted by the Orlando Magic, he probably he might be a starter 
uh, on that team. Sure. He'd certainly be playing more minutes. So he gets all the young players get hurt by the fact that the Warriors have championship pedigree. But there are opportunities that present themselves in another way for this team. And that is when the veterans take a night off. Because when the veterans take a night off, you know, yeah, I get it. Kaminga had zero minutes last night. But he may play 30 in two of the four games on this road trip if they decide to rest somebody. So it's, I mean, they're, in fairness to the young players, they are asking him to, to try to handle multiple roles. But they, there's really no alternative because well, they're going for a championship. And there's two other things I wanted to bring up along that front. And one of them was just the fact that, well, I've heard a lot of this. Well, why is he different than Wiseman? And and the truth is Wiseman's farther along. But, but that's one point. Part of it is Wiseman is the backup center. Like there, there are other options on the Warriors roster right now to where like they have to play James Wiseman because he is the second center behind Kaminga. The Warriors don't have to do that with Jonathan Kaminga. They can tinker with, you know, Jamichael Green's the backup four and Moody can be the backup three. Although again, I don't, I don't love the Warriors going to this. And we talked about it on the first podcast. I don't love the Kaminga at three, Jamichael Green at four, Wiseman at, at, at five. Like I, that, that's a lineup that I, I wouldn't have gone to. And I, I just don't see Kaminga as a three. And maybe it's too early to know what he is, but I think Kaminga sees himself as a three, you know, out on the wing, putting it on sure. the deck, trying to attack people, shooting threes. Like I, I feel like that's kind of what he, he views himself as this dynamic player. Uh, that, that almost doesn't have to do the little things to, to get on the floor. But Steve Kerr's got options. And and when Iguodala decides he wants to play here and there, he's going to have another option as far as some of the, the wing players go. Uh, but I also thought this came to a tipping point, and I don't know if the Warriors feed caught this or not in the game against Sacramento, but I, I think the game against Sacramento is why he didn't play at all in the Phoenix game until Clay got ejected and they were they were down 15 to 20 and didn't play at all last night against Miami, period. In the Sacramento game, Steve Kerr put him in with that group when the Warriors were up 20, start of the fourth quarter, and he hadn't played all night. I think he came in late in the third with, with seconds to go in the third, started the fourth, and he was awful. And the energy was bad, and he, and he just was kind of going through the motions, and he was a guy you could see was going through the motions. And Sacramento starts cutting into the lead. Steve Kerr calls timeout. And again, I don't know if the the Sacramento feed caught this. And, and actually, Guru was the one that tipped me off to this. Steve Kerr just he just went after Kaminga, like to the point where players on the Kings bench were looking back, like, "Who the hell is Steve Kerr yelling at?" And he was and he was yelling at Kaminga. And and so to me. That was the moment in which Kerr said, you know what? I'm done with this guy for a while. I mean, I'm done with him forever, but I need to send right. another message to him about playing time and the way you have to carry yourself when you're on the floor. Yeah, I, I, you know, obviously, and that's the, and that's the thing where the coaches know. Um, we, we don't see a lot in terms of these obvious mistakes that coaches see. And it's one of those things, J.D., where – we might watch a play and it doesn't even look like Kaminga's involved, but it might be his fault because he was supposed to help or he was supposed to rotate. Um, I think the only thing that can can stop Jonathan Kaminga is his attitude. I get why he's frustrated 
because you know he's you know and this is one of those things i mean if you're jonathan kaminga you know and i heard bob myers talk about this uh, on our show and i was going to press him on it but you know he said look kaminga is not on the orlando magic and so uh, you know he's not going to get to play that as much but he's got a ring well he has a ring but any player any self-respecting player knows how much they contributed and how much they didn't and yes Great, Jonathan Kaminga's got a ring, but he wants playing time. Sure, I mean he wants playing time, and he's got to figure out a way, uh, a way to get that. I don't think it's going to help if Draymond Green plays like this um, all season long. And again, the Warriors, the Warriors have protected themselves against Kaminga with your Michael Green. I mean, it's 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 that simple. They want to give Kaminga to Michael Green's minutes. They I believe they want to do that right they can't just give them to him no they, they can't and he hasn't earned him and, and we'll see but to your point there are going to be a couple of games I think on this upcoming road trip where Kaminga's going to wind up playing a lot because there are going to be other players that are that are going to get the night off with with five games and seven nights and and, and a couple of back-to-backs <laughs> attached to that so Warriors weekly podcast John Dickinson and Matt Steinmetz for 95-7 the game uh so we talked about the defense We've talked about Kaminga. I think the bench in the early going has sort of been tied to the defense. The the, the bench has been worse. Uh, the defense has been worse with the bench group than it has been overall with with the starting group. Uh, I, I'm starting to think, you know, there are going to be opportunities for the young players on the bench to get better. And Wiseman kind of has to play, and, and Moody, I think they trust enough right now. But but I. I and look, there's a lot of time, but I keep finding myself going down the road of, man, if this thing got to the playoffs and the team was as is right now, there'd be, they'd be a little thin. They, they'd be a little thin in terms of, of playable players. And that's even with Jordan Poole, a great sixth man, even if you want to say DiVincenzo is going to be healthy, although he's been up and down in a couple games he played. And, and Jamichael Green is not, he's not the shot maker that Otto Porter Jr. was and I problematic for, for the Warriors, but they they seem as far as a playoff rotation right now would project to be a little thin. I, I guess we shouldn't have been talking about this team comparing to the 14-15 bench before they had played a game. No, absolutely not. I think Steve Kerr did that, though, he didn't did. he? Yes, he did. Um, and I right. cringed when he and- did. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Right. And, and because, I mean, the reality is if you look at that team, they had, I mean, their bench was unbelievable. They had Iguodala. I mean, you want to talk about a solid, steady yeah. bench. I mean, Livingston, Iguodala, Spates, Barbosa. I mean, those were four pros, professionals. They're trying to use three of those guys this year who are very, very young. I, I mean, the question is, can they get up to speed in a year? 
And that's, that's pretty quick for a young player. Um, the other thing that this prevents the Warriors from doing is they, they can't, you know, they can't really throw, unless it's garbage time, hey, we'll throw Kaminga, Wiseman, and Moody in there. No, you you got to keep some veteran. Like, you, you can't, you got to play Kaminga with certain players because you can't play all your young guys because then you're, then you're, you're going to lose more games than you want to lose. So I, 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 that's obviously to me the biggest question is where are the young guys by the end of the year? Well, and that includes Jordan Poole too. Like to me, Jordan Poole, where he's at is perfect right now. You know, he, he got to the playoffs last year. He was a legitimate contributor on a championship team. He struggled in the playoffs at times. Perfect. That's what young players do. Next time he gets there, you hope he's better. But – it's it's the younger guy, you know. Can can Pool become more consistent the postseason next year, and can these other young guys chip in? That's, no, I, I think it determine the season. No, I, I think you're I think you're spot on with that, and I think you can see where Pool is trying to figure out uh, his role now. He's trying, and I was thinking about this and, and talked about it a little bit on the post game last night. The fact that Pool is he started at the beginning of the year last year because Clay Thompson was out. And then he started at the end of the year because Steph Curry was out leading up to the playoffs. And when you go back through it, there really weren't a lot of games for Jordan Poole to be the super sixth man because he was constantly – remember, he seemed a little frustrated with it at at some points in the season. And now he's playing with a different group of bench players than he was playing with when he was coming off the bench last year. So in, in some ways, it's almost an entirely new job description for Jordan Poole this year. And now he got paid like somebody that's supposed to just handle it, you know, handle it without any incident. And I think, I think he's working through it. Not, not that I'm worried about him at all. I think he does what he does very well. But you can see him trying to figure it out early. I think he's trying to do the right thing. I really do. I, I think, I think we're Pass looking more. at a player. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's what happens sometimes when a guy gets paid $140 million. You don't have to worry about it as much. He's got, like, his job was to score last year. And that's all he really needed to do. This year, he, you know, they, want, they need him to be a little more well-rounded. They need him to get some other guys involved. And it, I do think he's trying to do that. I think there's going to be games where it looks a little extreme one way or the other. But that's fine. That's fine. I don't you think he's looking to pass a little more? Yeah. No, I think he's trying to get himself acclimated to, to just playing with different players. And I think he is trying to I, – I, I'd almost rather see him just try to be himself and just try to score for now and work on that as the season goes on. But, but clearly he is trying to be more of, more of a facilitator, more of a playmaker. I think with that younger group, like he bridges the two. He always – he comes in for Clay, and then and then he winds up out there at the beginning of the second quarter when a lot of the other bench players are, are on the floor. I think one just quick point to tie that off, you've seen already Andrew Wiggins get subbed out and brought back in now with that group a little bit more, and we've seen Looney the last couple of games get subbed out to where Wiseman is playing more with Curry, let's say, and then Looney's playing more with the young guys to help stabilize it. I think they've done that with, with Wiggins and, and with Looney, which has helped a little bit, I guess, in, in, at least in the game against Miami. A uh, couple of things I wanted to get to here in the final five minutes or so. 
Uh, we got to get into Clay Thompson, and you know, we'll spend some time talking about how great Steph and Wiggins and Draymond have been early. But you know, the I, I keep coming back to this with Clay Thompson, and I, I don't mean to to sound harsh about it, but I think we need to stop talking about Clay Thompson in the context of when's he going to get back to being old Clay, and and start looking at it more like. What can he be from now until the end of his career? Because I, I think it's two different answers. And, and Clay, where's the frustration? That's why I think the thing got so heated with Booker, probably running his mouth about the fact that, that hey, I'm better than you now, dude, and you're washed or whatever. You know, just thinking of the kind of smack talk that can be run in game that can get a guy to, to go off when he's not playing well. But Clay. He wants so badly to be the guy that he used to be. The fans want him so badly to be the guy he used to be. I I just think, like, when do we stop making that the standard for someone that's coming off of two major injuries and is now almost four years away? I mean, the last time Clay Thompson had a, a full year was four years ago on the calendar. Like, he can be a productive player. He can be a good player. But I, I just don't think he's ever going to be as consistent a player as he was before the injury. And I think we need to almost stop holding him to that standard because it's making everybody view him as not as good a player. Well, I hear you. Um, I I definitely hear you there. I I think one of the things that plays into that, J.D., is, and it just became a talking point, was, oh, you, you get better the second year after this injury. You get better. He'll be better this year than last year. And I guess I caught myself saying it a couple times just because everybody else said it. But even when I was saying it, I was thinking, is he really like what, what, you know, when does rehab get overtaken by age? In other words, Um, I I think you're exactly right. Um, I think Clay's essentially going to be the same player, except not as frequently. That, like, you know, he's going to have 30-point games, and he's going to have games like last night. But there's just going to be a few more. I I expect his shooting percentages to come down a little bit, and his efficiency is going to come down a little bit. But he's still going to help him win games. And now he's getting to me in that category of Draymond Green a little bit, where how many good games do you need him to have Mm -hmm. so that you can ensure a best-of-seven win? Uh, you know, Curry's just going to be Curry. So if you can get Draymond and Clay to overlap good games, that's going to be a win. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Jordan can you win one game? Thirty and one, and you win that one. Exactly. He's awesome. Exactly. So um, I think that's what we're looking at with Clay. You know, the the one thing, and I, I, just tell me what you think about it. Has anybody really come out and said it as harshly as Barkley that? You know, Clay slipping. He had two injuries. Da, da, da. That's what, ha- like, he basically was saying, that's, this is what happens when you get older. And, like, I think we've all been thinking that, but nobody's really been willing to say he's never going to be the same player. Because well, I don't want to be the first one to say it. How do I know? Right. And I, I think I've, I mean, I have kind of said it in the last couple of weeks, just, and, and not that he won't, but more that. Just stop having that be – it's unrealistic for that to be the expectation. Like, he can still be a good player, a productive player that helps him win. 
but not be as consistently dominant, if you will, as he was four years ago off of two injuries. Like it's, I don't view that statement necessarily as a slight. Now I get the way Barkley says it. And when Barkley says anything, it's going to be felt a certain way. And Clay addressed it last night in the post-game press conference. Like he was, he said he was hurt by it. Like, and it became a, a big talking point after the game among Steph and 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 Draymond and, and others. But I think there's a, a middle ground, Steiny, where he can still help but not be the same. And and nobody has to necessarily freak out about the fact that he's that he's not the same either. He could still win a championship. And they won a championship last year with him playing, you know, coming back in January, being not what he was, had some playoff moments. And that was good enough. I think they've already shown that they can do it. Now, can they do it again? I mean, that remains to be seen. One of the reasons, though, in in wrapping up here, though, that I think they can do it again is the fact that really three players, but it's really two. I threw Draymond into this equation, but but to me, I mean, Curry looks – you talk about not slowing down at age. Like, Curry looks better – right now than he did for good chunks of last year and and so we'll see how that all plays out but Wiggins is the other one Wiggins just looks comfortable and like the playoffs are are now who he is as a player in the regular season getting the rebounds and just the calm and and what I'm getting at is if maybe the bench isn't as good and they're trying to filter through the young players and Clay isn't what everybody's wanting him to be if Curry's going to play at this level, and I think he's almost – he looks like – and it's five games. But Curry looks like somebody that, hey, I want to go get another MVP this year. I want to go try to win another MVP this year. And, you know, get, let, let's see if I can win a third MVP at 35 years old. Like, let, let's just see. Now, look, we might be two months from now saying, oh, no, this it's not happening, kind of like we did last year. But if Curry's going to play at this level and give him 65 to 70 games – and Wiggins is going to play at the level he's playing at and gives him 75 to 80 games, I think that can offset maybe what they've lost in clay and don't have necessarily in the bench, along with Draymond, who's looked really good so far. You know what's happening right now, J.D., is the pecking order is changing before our eyes, essentially. It's still Curry, one. It will always be Curry, one. But I'm starting to think it's Wiggins, two, pool, three, and maybe Clay's now the fourth. I don't necessarily mean the fourth best player, but the fourth kind of option. Um, And that's okay. That's what Wiggins was last year on a championship team, essentially. Um, Just don't tell Wiggins he's two. Just let him keep things. Exactly. 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 And and keep lying to Clay that he is number two. Right. Because that, like, that's the other thing that may be a factor with Clay is he is so competitive and defiant in a way and just like, He's like he's gonna keep shooting. Like he's not gonna go down not shooting, and it's a thing we love about him. But it's also, you know, the thing that we were, you know, a little concerned with when he came back last year, and he was just firing away. But I, you know, again, I think it, it is early, and I'd rather be where they are, where they know they have veterans they can count on, and it's a matter of getting the young players to play. Um, you know, as opposed to having veteran guys who aren't a great foundation, obviously. What do you think of Draymond? I want to get your quick thoughts on Draymond. All eyes on him. 
because of the incident with Poole. I know there was the report from Slater, iciness, and and he's been isolated, which I I don't dispute that. I'm sure they're they're giving everybody space, and it's and it's also a little uncomfortable and awkward on the floor. Though I think Draymond's doing everything he can, maybe be in a good enough position to opt out at the end of the year, at least in his mind. I think that's the goal. I do too. Come to think of it, yeah. But I mean, I think that's whether he can do it or not. We'll see. But I think clearly that's the goal is, hey, I'm going to be so damn good that I can opt out and have options and put the pressure on on the Warriors. But as far as just some of the stuff from behind the scenes and the incident with Poole, I, I haven't noticed any manifestation of that on the court. Although, again, there's no way to really know how it's right. impacting things on the court. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that... Uh... I, I do think, obviously, Draymond and Steph look look terrific. Um, it's a long season, man. It is a long, long season. And I'm actually a little surprised at how great Curry and Draymond look, quite frankly. Secondly, I'm, I'm even a little surprised that Curry's playing Curry as much as he is. Like, I think he's had two games already. Yeah, yeah, two 36s and overs. Uh, but – that's that's who Curry is. Chasing wins, Steiny. Chasing yeah. wins. Not every night, but but a couple of so. nights to this point. All right, good stuff, my man. Uh, we'll do it again next week for Matt Steinmetz. I'm John Dickinson. Another Warriors Weekly podcast in the books for the, for today. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.